This is a crowd podcast. Hello, Deck. Hello, George. How are you for the first time for a How About That of 2024? How are you? I'm okay. I'm a bit groggy because... Be honest. Be honest, yes. Uh, No, was I attempting dry January? Maybe. Did I have a chance of doing it? Not really. Uh, So, yeah, no, was that last night? Um, Wife's side of the family, a big 60 uh, for her uncle. So he was out celebrating. Uh, Had a couple of uh, tequilas. You know, and uh, a lovely, lovely, lovely night. Um, really, really good, good, good fun, good company. Bit of shadow boxing, but other than that, deck, I have been actually in the <laughs> gym. Shadow boxing. Yeah. <laughs> when you start, if you you have to have a prop in hand if you're going to go to the dance floor or shadow box. I mean, we're all mm. guilty of it. Um, got some, got some badass moves, man. I bet you still got it. Dodgy shoulder, but you still got it. Um, Adds to the well, it's to good the flow you- and the feel. You get it out of the way now because we got a few. Well, in a in a week or so. Mm. Well, actually, starting from next Saturday, it's about to go mental in boxing. Mm. So I'm I'm glad you got that out of out of your system because you're going to be getting booked left, right, and centre because there's big fights basically every weekend till March. Mm. Um, but we haven't necessarily got a fight to talk about today. We've got one that was made. We've got a lot of bit of business to cover, George, because we haven't sat down and done one of these since before Christmas, actually. No. Um, and boxing doesn't stop, especially in this Saudi era. Mm. Doesn't stop over Christmas, um, so we've got plenty to plenty to go over. Yeah, should we start with the Joshua news? I think that's big news this week. Anthony Joshua is fighting Francis Ngannou, um, who is the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to say it, and I'll say it openly. And I'm sure anyone who, who doesn't think the same. Is lying, but it's another gift for Joshua. Do you know what I mean? He's a big lump. He's had. Oh, no, he's 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 gone early. He's, he's, he's gone had, early. It's a, it's a gift, and it? it is a gift in a heavyweight division. If you hang around long enough, I mean, in in a career, in a normal career, away from the heavyweights, you might get one or two. I'm sure Joshua gets a couple a year, really, where something comes his way, and it's like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. And for him, he must be thinking. I mean, sure, they're going to sell it. They're going to sell it, but. He's fighting a guy, for no doubt, loads and loads of money. Um, who's only done like eight rounds of boxing, is it? Or ten rounds of boxing? Ten. Ten. Yes. Um, yeah, of course, Francis Garnu burst onto the scene with his defeat to Tyson Fury, but he did drop Tyson Fury he, in he got Saudi. Like Tyson Fury should have won, shouldn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> was, we, well, was we scoring? I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was a close fight. It was far closer than we thought. And Garnu therefore well he boxed his way into the WBC rankings believe it or not but by virtue of that um, and we knew that he'd get a big fight off the back of it and Anthony Joshua was busy in 2023 he had three fights and in fact this fight which is going to land we we hear March the 9th but I've actually heard it's going to be March the 8th which is the Friday because there's like Grand Prix or something going on as well in Saudi so I hear mm. it might land on the Friday anyway it'll be that weekend that second weekend of March that will represent Joshua's fourth fight in 12 months, which is very un-Anthony Joshua-like. Mm. Um, the first of those, Jermaine Franklin, one on points, knocked out Hellenius, absolutely demolished Otto Wallin, and now he'll be boxing Francis Ngannou. So we said all of this in the build-up to the Fury fight, easy work, free money, 
We said that about it for Fury. Is that how we really feel? We're going to just say the same again. Is it? Is this easy money for Joshua? Oh, it's got to be Deck. Surely it's got to be. I mean, this guy—he's not a boxer. He's not a boxer, and he's into a boxing match. He pushed Tyson Fury, but Fury wasn't at the races that day. He definitely did not look prepared, in my opinion. He didn't look like he'd done a proper camp. He was—he's always. He looks out of shape, so it's not really a, a clear giveaway. But yeah, and then obviously when he gets caught and he gets dropped, we know Fury goes over. He's he's always got up, but um, you know he's starting to drown, isn't he? He's, he's going to try and keep his head above water, but that's not a fair reflection of um, who Francis Ngannou is. He's definitely a great athlete. He's a strong man. You can tell he's he's a um, yeah he's a force in that respect. But can he box? Surely not, Dex. Surely not. He's fighting an Olympic champion. I mean, and Joshua. He was he was fighting the the unified well. He was fighting yeah the world the WBC undefeated lineal heavyweight champion as well last time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did he did you know he did a great job. Um, but was Fury really up for it? Was he in shape? Did he care? Like all these questions. The problem that Ngannou's got now because he did so well in that first fight is never no one will ever underestimate him again. Including Anthony Joshua, you would think. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fight. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be oh, an yeah. amazing fight. Really interesting fight. And you never know with these heavyweights. You, you never, never know. But and it, and it's and it's a logical fight. It makes a lot of sense. You know, when when it's supposed to be Joshua Wilder, and now it can't be. It just it just couldn't be. Bringing in Garnu, he'll have a bit of that. He's up mm. for it. He don't mind. He well, gets stuck in. Can you imagine? I mean. Obviously, there's mega money out there uh, for for for, for Ngannou, but take that sort of out of the equation a touch. He's a he's a hard fella anyway, and he? he he's a brave man. It's like your first fight, yeah, I'll fight Tyson Fury. <laughs> Second fight, I'll fight Andy Joshua. He doesn't care. He don't care. He don't, he's not interested in little warm up fights. Maybe it's that UFC mentality where they are that you you're told this is who you're fighting. Great you point. Shut up on that day. If you don't, you don't fight, you don't get paid. You know, you get left out in the cold. So I like that. I really like that about him. I think I'd like to see a bit more of it in boxing. What I'm interested to see is, can he be stopped? This is a 10-round fight as well, so it's not the 12-round fight. Mm. Um, can it? Can Joshua stop him? I don't know if he's ever been dropped or like ever been hurt. Obviously, he wasn't in the Fury mm. fight. Do you think Joshua can stop people saying he's going to punch a hole in him, knock him out in three rounds? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's how this unfolds. I think Ngannou's that hard. Mm. That it doesn't happen like that, but yeah, you. I don't know. Maybe I hope Joshua comes out and boxes how he did the other week. Do you know what I mean against So Valen, where you know he wants to take the center of the ring. He wants to, you know, everything had spite and venom on it. You know, it wasn't. He wasn't trying to prove himself to the critics and show that he's got layers of boxing ability. Um, that said, though, he might. I don't know. Does he think? Would he back himself to knock out Francis and Garnu? And if he thinks, wow, this guy he's probably got a. 11 out of 10 chin do I and I don't want to get caught with anything I don't want to gas out um, do I do I just try and box him I don't know you know I'd love to see what, what, what Ngarni brings to the table this time does he have different tactics you know is it was he trained by Mike Tyson last time or was Mike Tyson just there for a couple of promo shots you know because um, he knows his stuff Tyson he's an old school knowledge mm. I, I, imagine they do a full camp together <laughs> and Tyson's in the I don't I don't think that's gonna no, happen Tyson's in the corner you know uh, yeah 
That's a good one, Dex. Good one. You you excited about it? Yeah, I am kind. I am because it's one of these kind of left field fights, and it's just whether you like it or not, and however long it goes on, this is the this is the age of Saudi, and it's just out of nowhere. Oh, Joshua's fighting in Ghana. Oh, and by the way, it's going to be in March. You know, it's not pissing around for six months and then it might happen, might not. It's like, this is happening. You know, the press conference on January the 15th, they've already basically announced the fight. The press is not for another week, more mm. than a week. They just say, this is what we want to happen. Are you going to be there? And because the money's so vast, everyone says, yes, I'll have a bit mm. of that. Um, of course, like you mentioned, Joshua was supposed to be boxing Wilder on this date. And, and Joshua kept his side of the bargain by demolishing Valin, but then Wilder lost widely, was shut out basically by Joseph Parker on that same card. In fact, when they first tried to build that card, they tried to put Ngano at the top of it against Gilet Zhang or someone else, but he wasn't ready for that. It was only, what, a couple of months after he boxed Fury. So that's why they went for Joshua Wilder and Wilder, that, that day of reckoning route. But obviously Ngano, they like him and they've, they want to make him a star. I feel like even if he loses to Joshua, he'll still they'll still have fights there for him. But I think if he gets a win, if he can beat Joshua, obviously, they see the Ngannou and Fury rematch as being like the greatest combat sports moment ever. But I think there's a lot of if buts and maybes there. And Joshua, you know, we all said Joshua's back after he beat Volin, but actually KD Ganza, his his sort of camp manager, his his old mate from years back, Joshua's mate on Twitter you all saying Joshua's back it's you lot who are back which I thought was a good a good stance on it it's like Joshua's never been away everyone just thought he was finished but when you really think about the context of Joshua's career he had back-to-back fights with Alexander Usyk and then everyone thought oh he's, he's obviously done because he you know really had to work just to win a round there but in reality if you take those two defeats out obviously the Ruiz fight was a was a shocker maybe he wasn't this spent force that everyone thought and maybe now having knocked out Hellenius having knocked out Otto Wallen he's actually right back in mm. there it just shows us George like how quickly the sport can turn around people thought he was finished like genuinely people like esteemed journalists were saying he should retire and now he could he could knock out Ngannou and then realistically face the winner of Fury Usyk mm you know as not a favorite but as a as, as a man that someone would actually pick to win mental isn't it it's not it's like no other sport it's, it's physical and mental as well deck isn't it so like you're talking about the physical fights and performances and you're like well you know uh two losses to Usyk maybe uh, you know Usyk's a phenomenal fighter it might not be spell curtains but he did he did change didn't he as a person for his interviews and his stuff outside yeah. of the ring you know um He's come full circle and and beyond, I think. So yeah, I think that was part part. You're wondering, what's the motivation now? You know, what is he only boxing because he doesn't know anything else apart from boxing? But I can imagine there's a spring in his step now. He's feeling really good. Um, he's had people on his side before, so he will certainly be comfortable with that and and want that. And now he's having people back on his side, he might not want to uh, lean into it too much, but that would definitely be a boost for him. Definitely be a boost for him. Um, people start backing him again, you know. It's, it's funny how people just turn, turn go quick. I mean, uh, the clips um, Joseph Parker's putting out now where everyone sort of written him <laughs> off against Wilder. And, and, I, and I picked Wilder to beat him as well. But then when you're watching the fight, you're like, oh no, I should have just done a bit more homework. Because actually... <laughs> yeah. Parker might, you know, I ain't seen Parker in the gym. Yeah, sure, he got he got he got dropped against um, Joyce, but he's always been 
a handful. He's always been a hard fella. Slippery as well. Um, decent mm. boxer for a heavyweight. You know, he's, he's, he's not too big, you know. And Wilder, he shows moments of real class, but then uh, he's very frustrating a lot of the time as well where he just can't pull, pull the trigger, can't let his hands go. So, yeah, Joseph Parker throwing all the, all the experts under the bus. He put a like, compilation together and it was from this BT gig and it had Frotch on it. It had Jamie Moore on it. I was like, oh no, what did I say? I'm next. Um, but I didn't make the cut so I must have picked oh, Wilder but, but said it a bit more gracefully rather than mm. Frotch who tells everyone they're going to get rendered unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're, on the, while we're on the subject of Parker, I must say, he did. He, he did all that later than we could manage to get in our awards. But there's a shout. He boxed four times last year. The fourth of which of those five, all of them victories, and the fourth one was that win. One of the performances of the year. There's a shout for Joseph Parker being fight of the year. I don't want to take it off CBS, but overseas fight of the year anyway. There's yeah. a shout on that that year's work. Um, anyway, he didn't get this fight. He wants to Joshua. <laughs> he wants to Joshua rematch. Someone who is maybe on this card, George. Believe it or not. It's Deontay Wilder. Now, he was expected to be on it, of course, mm. boxing Anthony Joshua. But there's reports that Wilder's going to box on the undercut. They they don't think the Wilder-Joshua thing's dead. And Wilder just needs to go out and chin someone, as he does. And then it's all back up and running again. Mm. There's reports that it could even be against Gilles Zhang, which is dangerous as fuck for both of them. Like, that is just a shootout, isn't it? Like, can you believe that? Yeah, I don't think that's... I mean, that's not wise for, for Wilder. For either of them. No, it's get, good for get him, get him someone who goes, yeah, who's easy to hit. And then when they when you hit him, they, they're going to instantly go mm. punch resistance. He's completely shot. I thought I thought he was going to fight, um, what's Hergovic's um, dude called? Mark Demori. Yeah, he might get Demori back. <laughs> I mean, we were right about him, weren't we? Good old Mark Demori. Good old Mark That was a one-round job. Um, yeah, are we going to get, um, I suppose it's too early to know if we're going to get the light heavyweights together, because we got, we can talk about that later. Yes, good um, point. Well, we've, we're hearing as well this week that Bivol signed his side of that deal mm, for the Perturbio fight, mm, uh, and he's going, they're going to get 100 million each, or whatever. But let's not. We're going to talk about that Perturbio at the end, at the other second half of this this show. But yeah, that's another fight that they're going to make. Mm. Whoever wins in Montreal. As well, Jai Opataya knocking out Ellis Zorro, by the way, that could have been knockout of the year. Yes. That might have that made might have nicked was, it off Ben Whitaker as well. Yeah, that was, it was a, a mad night, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a that was a great, great knockout, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I mean he's a he's a really exciting fighter, isn't he? Opataya. He's really exciting to watch. Could he do heavyweight, George? Yeah, that's what I was wondering before. We saw him. Very he, didn't look, he didn't look as big as Usyk. I remember mm. I remember seeing Usyk at the the gala evening to, he went into the world boxing super series I went in at super midweight he went in um, at cruiserweight and just seeing him being like ooh fucking scary man like big mm. I was like, I'd never seen him before um, didn't know much about him actually at the time I'm just like following his journey from there um, he was big but Opatai uh, uh, didn't seem as, as big as, as as him but he can box and he can whack and no doubt if he, if he he does well and he cleans up in the in the cruiserweight still he'll be looking to go up. Well, we'll be hearing a lot about that March the ninth card or March the eighth card. Mm. Um, 
at the press conference on January 15th. So we'll chat about that a bit closer to time. We'll chat about when that press conference has happened. So it'll be Joshua against Nganu over 10 rounds in Riyadh. Potentially Wilder against someone. And also, George, I saw today report, Joe Cordina, the IBF super featherweight champion, might be defending his belt against Anthony Kakachi, Northern Irishman. So they're going down the weights now, the Saudis. Not confirmed any of that, by the way, but it just goes to show it's not just going to be heavyweights and they might just be trickling down and just looking for whoever's available. And that's mm. right out of left field. Cordina, well, a matchroom fighter as well. A matchroom fighter. So yeah. is Eddie doing his magic? Well, Joshua's, of course, matching fight at the top of the bill. So, yeah, yeah maybe he's in now. But you see, but like Frank Warren, I mean, we, we saw the picture of the thrapple. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? The two leading promoters in the UK with with Turkey Al Al Sheikh. Um, Frank's holding hands with him, which is uh, a Middle Eastern thing. I don't think it's anything more than that. I mean, it's. Hearn's confirmed. not getting the hand hold, though. Hearn is not holding the hand. But he had a look on his face as to say, "I'm about to break up this happy marriage," and he might, he might be, he might be slipping in. I mean, Frank, who knows? That mean, that mean, oh, that would be the the bust up of all bust ups, wouldn't it? If if Eddie yeah, sort of slips and cuts Frank out somehow, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's, I, it's, I don't they're think only it's just getting together, you know. Getting, I think they need each other in this relationship. They all do, but that's what I mean. These are crazy times, like those pictures that are just coming out all the time. Did you ever think you'd see it? They're they're doing like I saw Warren holding a, a DAZN microphone the other day doing a DAZN thing, and then you've got Hearn and Frank Warren on together with like two reporters mm. shooting the breeze about the card. It's just like well, is, stunning. Is, is is Eddie Hearn more of a broadcaster now, almost like a DAZN well, frontman than a promoter? Than a promoter. So you know, like it, is he leaning more into he wants to develop DAZN? So him at him. Getting the getting all the shows and just having the worldwide feeds or different feeds across the world, obviously, works really well because Matram um, produce a lot of their boxing shows now for the zone. Um, you know, before it be in house, but actually they do it themselves. So yeah, you know, it's not a slight at Eddie Hearn. It's just mm. is he is he was is that an easier life? You know. Rather than the wheeler dealing of trying to be the promoter, um, he'll still sit front and centre. He'll still be centre of attention. But is it just about delivering for the for the networks now? Maybe even more so than delivering for the fighters or the fans. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we need to get him in and ask him. But he's very much still a promoter. And if if he's got slip Joe Cordino on that against Anthony Kakachi, that's um that's some good work as well. Okay. We're going to talk a lot about, more about that card when we get a bit more news and whatnot, but it's happening, George. And that's what a start for, um, for 2024. In Q1, we're getting Joshua Ngannou and Fury Usyk within a couple of weeks of each other. So I'll be in Saudi a lot. Um, should we have a breather there? Because we've got more stuff to talk about after that. Kirky Dick, right? It's January, right? The Shreds Club has been popping off. I I haven't oh. had a look at um, Strava. I do apologise, but I have actually hit the ground running. I've actually I started a little oh. bit of little bit of work pre New Year because I, I didn't want the pressure of New Year's Day and new me um, with still like house full of chocolate and wine and crap. 
so I've done a little bit, but I haven't been out on any runs. I've been on the treadmill. Does that work with Strava? Well, what what you should have been running on a treadmill. I'm running, yeah, I'm running on a treadmill. But everyone puts up these cool little graphs that shows you like their plot of their GPS where they run around. Whereas mine will just be a little dot. Oh yeah, you can just put you can put indoor run if like you're wearing like a watch or something like that, or, or got your phone on. You can put you can indoor run. There's a bit of a little tip for all the listeners actually. Okay. If you go outdoor run, will obviously do your GPS and will give you the circle and that. But if you're on a treadmill, mm. you can still do that, and you won't you can't blag it. So. Do it. Maybe get in the shreds group because, George, I've got to say, it's been absolutely popping off. Um, so I was just trying to find it on our Instagram. Who was it? Wait a sec, wait a sec. Max Hamer or Max Hammer. Be good if his name was Max Hammer, wouldn't it? Got in touch on Instagram. Um, said, I'm new to boxing, although old, better late than never, and absolutely love your show. I've learned so much and already started actively following some of your guests. Keep up the good work. Love that. That's, that's the dream. But the PS got my attention how do i find the shreds club on strava i've tried but can't find it so you have to search on strava groups ggbc dash shreds mm. um I, I think we've trebled in members since we mentioned it at the back end of december and people are shredding willy-nilly george now if you're a new listener this was january of last year so our first january in this club and we set a challenge and it was three minutes on one minute off just like a professional boxing match, what George would have to do. Running, of course, was was up there, but you could have done anything, cycling, rowing, shadow boxing, whatever. Anyway, there's this big selection. We did a pod a week to support those endeavours in January. They're all still on the feed. I've actually put a post on the Shreds group with all the links to them if you want to go and listen to S&C, sleep, nutrition, all sorts of episodes that will help you if you're on a bit of a fitness kick in January mm-hmm. um, and George people I just want to shout out a few people because I mean like people have been on here one guy whose name I will never forget ever again Robin Jackson he came Robin Jackson on the 4th of January came in with a 12 rounder he did 12 threes did he, he did 12 threes on the shreds nice um, with one minute recovery racking up nearly 10k at a pace of like 5.06 per kilometre Straight in, muddy shreds and a bit of road, he said, Robin Jackson. Um, straight in there. Stafford Miller-Crook, straight in the shreds group. George Webb said, I'm training for the Mike Skinner versus Ed Sheeran undercard. Um, and he's been doing three minutes on, one minute off. Vaughn Collier was on there. Lee Pointer. Uh, the list goes on, George. People are on shreds, on our shreds group, hammering the life out of it. Um, and I look at it and go, oh shit, I better get my trains on. Better go and have a there run. There you go. You're um, accountable to your, so, to your shreds. Uh, to the team Strava team yeah that's brilliant yeah so if you're if you're running and you're on Strava get on it if you're running and you're like what the hell is Strava we're not um, sponsored by him by the way Strava if you want to get in touch because we keep going on about you feel free send us some tech or anything if you're running and you ain't got Strava get Strava because then you can get be part of the community um, and what a start it's been. this has been a stunning start from the from the team members from the uh, from the listeners from the club um, and long may it continue, George. Yes, brilliant. Thanks, Dag. Speaking of the members, George, we're still, of course, in the running for the podcast awards. Is it still going? We need people to vote, don't we? Oh, oh it's big time still. Of course, it's, it's, it's open. still open. Yeah, vote away. It's still open. Vote for us. And if you haven't voted for us yet, um, please do so. Yeah. Because I think we came second last year and it'd be bloody lovely to win it, wouldn't it? It would. It really, really, really would. Uh, the Streets episodes went down really fondly last week had some some great reviews 
They did, didn't they? Do you remember Jack Carroll? He's the he was a stand-up comedian on Britain's Got Talent. He came on when he was like yes. fourteen. Anyway, yeah, I remember funny Jack fella, Carroll. right? And then um, so he's messaged me uh, this week. I know Jack for years now. Um, massive boxing fan. We have to get him on the show. And he said your Mike Skinner interview is the best he's ever seen with him. He said most people struggle to put him at ease, but we did great job. So I was happy with that. So thank you very much. I got I got a message from a close friend of Mike Skinner today, actually saying that's the most honest I've ever heard, Mike. So don't know how we fucking managed it, George, but we did. We did. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we could have gone on for ages. We did nearly two hours of him, but it could have gone on for ages. There was no, and then by the end, he was interviewing you. He, he carried it really, you know. I was, yeah, uh, <laughs> thank God for that. Thank God for that. I'll tell you another Steen Stars um, oh, diamond is, uh, you know, Big John. Big John, uh, Johnny Fisher. But, and he's, uh, I think he's in Vegas already because uh, Johnny Fisher is out there training for his, uh, his US debut. So check that out. Someone's been Vegas already. Um, he was dry, big job when we saw him before Christmas. I don't know if he kept it for Christmas. I don't know if he's trying to stay dry for, for January. It's going to be hard for him in Vegas, I think. He's going mm. to be a lot of uh, people desperate to buy him a drink. But um, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So he's going to... So Johnny Fisher Jr., is boxing. He's on the Conor Ben, Peter Dobson undercard at Cosmopolitan. So US debut... In Las Vegas, um, obviously, if you're interested in going or like you're one of the Romford Bull Army, then all of the details are on Big John's Insta. Go and, go and support him. It's a hard one going to Vegas in February. Even harder, George, going to Vegas in January, as O'Hara Davis did um, for his challenge for the WBA interim title, which held by Ishmael Barroso. And it was over within a round, George. Mm. Do you see it? Yeah, I've seen, seen it. it I've seen it. Yeah, I didn't watch it live, but um, that's just a nightmare, isn't it? I was a little bit drunk, but I, um, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, he catches him. Wow, and uh, he, he, no he stays back. hit. O'Hara Davis. Yeah, mm. poor son. So um, yeah, he, I mean, gets up, tr- tries to tries to fight on, but Barroso, yeah, oh, um, a handful. I mean, was it was it an upset? Like, or was it not? I can't. I couldn't tell. It was an upset that it was over over within a round. I didn't stay up to watch it. I must admit, I caught it in the morning and I was stunned when it was over that quickly. Mm. Um, but it's just like the nightmare scenario, surely, George, for, to go out, all that training. Obviously, it got rearranged. He said to go to America, all that stuff. And then he be- I don't think he landed a punch in the fight. It's just like, fuck. And he'll be, be like feel, feeling like he hasn't had a fight. There is that element of getting caught cold. I'm not saying like anything other than Barroso winning would have happened. But when you get caught that early in the first round, you you, you are doesn't matter how great your warm up is in the changing room, you're still not quite firing on all cylinders, and it takes you a round or two to just get into your groove. So you get caught cold. Oh, it's horrible because yeah, as you say, all that training, all that prep, um, and it's gone. Like, but yeah, hopefully he comes back now. Not sure how old he is now, O'Hara Davis, but. Um, it has got to be, is he 31? Yeah, he's not a spring chicken because he's been around a while. He hasn't boxed for a long time. We'll get on to that inactivity in a minute. Yeah, he's 31. Exactly. Two tanks. Um, two tanks O'Hara Davis. I'm not sure Davis. how many he's used um, now. Hopefully. Yeah, he might be down to the bottom of the second one. But I think come, he's, he's young enough to come again though. Um, yeah. That was his 27, 28th fight. Um, it's not too many miles on the clock. So yeah, I mean, maybe I'm not sure what his future holds at that level. But let's see. As for Barroso, he moves on and we're hearing 
that Roly Romero and Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia tweeted that he's going to fight Roly Romero who got knocked out by Javante Davis before. Um, and I guess the winner of that will then fight Barroso and they'll they'll get a proper champion, the WBA, out of that. Um, so yeah, Garcia, Romero, it's going to be a, be a big build-up. There'll be a lot of trash talking from Romero as always and you know it'll be an exciting fight. Um, bit disappointed he's not fighting one of the sort of bigger names, Garcia. Uh, is that harsh? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, how far he's gonna really go. Like if if he can really mix it at that, it's their elite level fighters in his division, you know. Um, and I'm not sure if he's quite there. If he'll ever quite get there, maybe he will. Or maybe he's he's got the ability. It's just whether he can put it all together on the night. Uh, it's always gonna be question marks about him, but. Uh, so I think it's the right fight for him. It's a good fight, Roly Romero. Um, and it hopefully just, yeah, it's just a step in the right direction, you know, climb climb that ladder. Uh, try and get one champion at that um, with WBA. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with mm. that. Uh, Katie Taylor vacates her IBF title deck. Uh, why Why is this? What does this mean? That was a lightweight title. So, you know, when she beat Chantal Cameron in the rematch, she got all the belts at light welter as well. Obviously, now the the sanctioning bodies, they're like, well, what are you going to do with your lightweight titles? And she's decided to vacate the IBF one, which as we know, as you know, the IBF very hot on mandatories and whatnot. Um, so Taylor's obviously preempted that and gone, nah, don't, that's fine. I'll, I'll vacate that, relinquish that. Maybe it means that she plans to, to, to campaign above that weight at lightweight, which is, makes a lot of sense at her age. Maybe she sees bigger fights up there. Um, but what it does mean for an elite club member, Caroline Dubois, is that it looks like the IBF have ordered Caroline Dubois to box Rhiannon Dixon, who is Anthony Crawler's protege, um, for that, that IBF vacant IBF lightweight title. So Caroline Dubois could be a world champion, could be, and so could Rhiannon Dixon. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they can get that done first quarter of this year, certainly before the summer, which is which is great news for both of them. What, what, what a fight for, for British women's boxing. Yeah, Dubois... Um she's in a rush now you know within this last mm. it's probably been about a year actually but maybe a little bit less she's been foot on the gas pushing and talking herself in for these big fights um, she won in Michaela Myers as she's uh, who's fighting um, Natasha Jonas in a couple of weeks so yeah she wants to be in the mix um, and this is a great opportunity for her she's got the IBO but it's obviously one of the, f- the four major world titles Um and against uh, Dixon, it's a, it's a cracking fight. You know, it's, a, it's the all British, all British clash for for a world title. Can't get can't can't get better than that, nah. really. Nah, um, I think I still stand by it that Caroline Dubois is going to become the one, the face of women's boxing. She's so young as well, um, and this will be the first step, the first of many world titles. I mean, don't write Dixon off, but I think she's special Caroline Dubois yeah um, okay well let's get on to fights that are a little bit more um, current as in this weekend just before we get into it so this weekend Callum Smith challenges Arta Batervia for three of his light or his three light heavyweight titles in Quebec which is about minus 20 at the moment but this fight kicks off a run we've got that this weekend then on the 20th we've got Jonas Meyer, which you just mentioned, plus the supporting cast. On the 27th, we've got John Ryder against Jaime Munguia in America. 
on the third, we've got um, Dan Aziz against Josh Bugatti over here. We've got Connor Ben in America. We've got Johnny Fisher in America. On the 10th, we've got Hamza Shiraz against Liam Williams and everyone else is stick on the undercard. Maybe Moses Atama might be out on that. On the 17th is Fury Usyk. How meant, like, it is insane. Like that. And then we've all already got Joshua and Garno, obviously. Don't know what we've got in the middle bit of February. It's nuts. Like, they're big fight. There's a big fight on a major broadcast. There's one in Belfast as well, Lewis Crocker. Major fights on major broadcasters every, every night or every weekend now basically until yeah. Easter. Um, but we're starting off with a biggie for us anyway, for Britain, in Callum Smith against Baturbiev. Now, all, when you look at it on paper, this is an easy knockout win for Baturbiev. He's, what is he, 19, 20 and 0, something like that. Knocked everyone out. Basically peerless. He's been, he got dropped famously by Callum Johnson, came back to knock him out. But had a good fight of Anthony Yard, knocked him out. Um, can Callum Smith, can he pull it off out there, George? Is the timing right? for a big punch in Callum Smith to go out there and literally shock the world. Callum Smith, he blew hot and cold so often as a super middleweight, you know, uh, underperformed a lot of the time. And then probably when he's performing well, he used to blast the guys out there in a, in a round or so. So you're yeah. like, there's a lot, you have feel like still stuff we haven't seen of him to have a real assessment unless you're in the gym with him seeing him day in day out you know I think since he's moved up to light heavyweight um, he looks much I'm pretty sure it's much more easier to make the weight which is having an effect on his performances as well so he's not quite as sort of hit and miss with his performances um, this is a tall ask you know um, and I, I mean I, I, I watched uh, Bivol the other week and I thought Baturviev versus Bivol and Bivol fighting like this. Um, and no disrespect to, to, to uh, Lyndon Arthur, but I thought Baturviev beats this this Bivol. You know, oh, Baturviev's just a beast, isn't he? He just, he just sort of, he must have absolute freakish power. You know, you watch him the way he just mm. throws the punches. He just looks like a strong man. Looks like, if you ask him to fight a bear, um, yeah, probably, probably win. win. Yeah, um, probably nick it on points. But it's almost like don't if you've only seen Callum Smith versus Canelo, you're going to write Callum Smith off, and you're going to say, "Yeah, Batavia yeah. goes through and eats him up." Um, whereas I don't think that's a, a fair reflection of, of Smith at all. Um, he's a decent boxer. He's a good boxer. He's, he's obviously huge. He's still huge at light heavyweight. He's huge super middleweight. He's huge at light heavyweight. And he can whack. You know, and he puts his punches together well. You know, he... Um, for a tall guy, he he can fight inside and in close and, and throw the, the bent arm short-range shots really well. Um, and then obviously being so tall, if he catches you at the end of the shot, he has that chance to, to, to put you asleep. I don't think he beats Petrovia. I think Petrovia is the best light heavyweight in the world, but he's old now. I think he's. I think he's thirty nine. Let me. Yeah, no, he's thirty eight, and, and people do think that he's been around a long time. He made his debut in twenty thirteen, so he's been a pro for well, be eleven years this year, and he's only he only haven't had twenty fights yet, which is quite weird. He's had a strange career in that sense, but yeah, knocked everyone out. Nineteen and 0, 19 KOs. He's at this fight has got pushed back, so sometimes that can have an effect. You know, camps have to stop, start again. You know, Petrovia, did he, he had a, he had an operation on his jaw? Yeah, he did. Um, 
it was an inf- infection. He had he had a problem with a bone in his jaw that got infected, and it was very serious. Like this fight was supposed to happen mm. ages ago, and it was a serious injury that he had that so bad that to put it back to mm. now January. Like I think it was like last summer or something, but it's a serious injury. So again, it's one of them. How much of that has, an, has that had an effect on mm. him? Um, it's impossible to say until the night. And it's one of them where it's a bit like when Ricky Hatton beat Costa Zoo and it was like this unbelievable win. But straight away people go, yeah, but Zoo was finished. And it's it's one of them where you could look at Baturbiev and go, he ain't boxed since he beat Anthony Yard in a fight where Yard landed a few. Like Yard had a lot of success in that fight. But as Baturbiev does, he rode, weathered the storm and took him out because that's what he does. Um, he does get caught a lot. Sometimes he can look like he's not he's not plodding, but he looks like he's kind of he just he'll just get to you. He don't care what he has to do to get to you because once he gets there, he's going to take you out. And he's got that sort of I've always thought it's that no backlift sort of George Foreman power, just mad power, and it doesn't even look yeah. like he's trying. And if he gets you on the end of it, you're bang in trouble. Um, but is the timing right for Smith? Because Smith's yeah, but you know what, George. That fight against you, which is the best win of his career, that was, as you know, I don't need to tell you, that was over five years ago now. Over five years since he won, since he won that title. Since then, he beat um, Jukat and Dam and Hassan and Dan and Jikam. Remember him? Beat him on the Joshua Ruiz undercard in three. Then he beat John Ryder in a fight many people thought he lost. Then he bo- lost to Canelo Alvarez in a fight where he offered very little, got basically shut out in that fight. Then he, then he moved up. So he's had two fights at light heavy. So that fight against Canelo, 2020, 2020, the December of, so almost exactly three years ago. He's had two fights since then. Castillo um, at light heavyweight at Tottenham outdoors where he knocked him out bad in two rounds. So two rounds of action. And then in Jeddah in 2022, August 2022, he boxed Matthew Baudelik, knocked him out in four rounds. So that was August of 2022 was the last time he boxed. And before that, he'd had two rounds against against Castillo. Like, that is not, that's not no momentum to be carrying into a fight like this. No, that's, ter- that's terrible. Exactly. This is, on paper, certainly the hardest fight he's he's had so far. This is harder than his fight against me, harder than his fight against Canelo. Um, and yeah, to have not boxed for, is it nearly 18 months? 14, 16 months. Yeah. And only had and four, four rounds, rounds before, before it. It's, oh, it's not ideal. It's not ideal at all. Um, for a guy who has, on occasion, been asleep at the wheel, blown hot and cold. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a tall ask. It's a tall ask from him. But, um, Tervier can get hit. He showed he's got a good chin. He's been in. He's got off the floor. I mean, Callum Johnson was was a big puncher, you know, uh, and the yards a massive puncher. Um, there's a lot of big punches in the lightweight division. Callum Smith's one of them, um, but I think the, the biggest puncher of them all has got to be Turviev. And if he lands, he's, he's mm. gonna. You can't give away any free shots with him. Uh, so that's a t- it's a tall order, and I think you know January in Canada. With a postponement, it's it's, it's it's tough. But again, just write Smith off at your at your peril. You don't know. You don't know. When the f- fight first got made, I just thought Paterbiev might he might someone's going to get him. Someone will get him because he's because he's old and he's getting caught increasingly more often in fights. Smith can punch. He's got this 
weird jaw injury, like so many intangibles. I think it's a fascinating fight. Like on Monday, we could quite easily be talking about Core cool, Blimey, that was that was horrible watching that. You know, Baturbiev is at his best and can't wait to see the Bivol fight. Or we go, wow, Callum Smith's a new star. Like either could happen. Um very excited about that, George. Um can I push you for prediction? Yeah, I don't think I'm working. I think I think I think <laughs> Baturbiev beats him. I think I think he can stop him. He's got you got if he wins, he's got to stop him. He stops everyone. So let's go. Baturbiev um stoppage win. Um Maybe, maybe just a, uh, the fight finishes inside the twelve rounds. That might be a safe bet. Probably wouldn't get good odds on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's a, I think that's a very safe safe bet. I think we got excitement. Whatever happens out there. Are you gonna give me your prediction deck? Callum Smith, knockout. Nice. Callum Smith catching counter. I'll tell you, his prediction would be really good. Oh yeah. Tundia Jaye. Oh, yeah. well, it's funny you should say that because in keeping with light heavyweight week here in the GGBC, yeah. George, Wednesday's guest is none other than Tundia Jaye, the coach of Anthony Yard, one of the other, the last man to box Artur Baturviev, one of the other British light heavyweights. So your wish is very much my command. Well, don't forget to ask him who's going to win that fight. I mean, you'll be there as well. You can do it. Because uh, Tundia's a maverick, isn't he? He does his, his own his own thing his own way he's got a lot of stick in the past uh, so I'd like to uh, I think I'm going to have to ask him Dick how do you cope with a stick mm. I'd love to know because I can't think of a trainer who's got more than him um, and yeah I think he can give us a good perspective on mm. Smith Baturbiev in light heavyweight week I'm going to go and try and make £175 this week Thanks. while I'm shredding um, I'll probably probably be about £40 off but Listen, nothing a good sauna Four, can't, can't help me with. 40 pounds, we can take that. I'll, I'll get that off you, mate. I'll get that off you. <laughs> I bet you. I'll get that That's off normal. you. Do it, man. That's a normal just, night. Just stick with the process. Stick with the pro. Trust the process. i tell you what I, what I need to do is dream it, believe it, become it. Is that what is that, is that what Tundi, Tundi says? Yeah, Tundi. Tundi would say. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a great talk, um, Tundi. I'm really looking forward to this episode. So, yeah, yeah if you're not really familiar with him, then definitely tune in. It's going to be great. And if you have heard him before, be thinking, what does he know? We'll get it out of him. You're going to learn something. Let's find out. In in the meantime, so that's Wednesday. In the meantime, if you are shredding, keep it going. Keep the messages going in. Hit us on the socials at GG Boxing Club on all of that. And GGBC Shreds on Strava. This is the all-important week, George. This is is like the difficult second album, isn't it? As Mike Skinner would probably say, although his second album was was a banger as well. well. First week, we can all piss the first week. You can all stick to a diet for a week. You can all run about for a week. This is where the magic happens. Second week, third week, fourth week of Jan. Um, So if you're shredding, let us know about it. We can all offer each other a bit of accountability and you can shout about it on the Shreds group. Um, Let us know what diets you're on. You know, are you on the... uh, the lion Mike Tyson diet intermittent or... fast intermittent yeah. fasting like a bee <laughs> <laughs> what a quiz what a start to the year and if you don't know what we're Ketone, talking about that was the Ketone Bellew yeah Ketone Bellew that was the that was the Josh Warrington episode which was also a banger so if you haven't listened to Josh and haven't listened to Mike Skinner yet go and do that if not we'll see you bright and early for the audio crew with Tundi Ajayi mm-hmm. on Wednesday um, keep shredding keep telling us about it what about if you don't like adverts though George then check us out on Amazon Music you can listen to the whole lot without adverts Amazon are pretty cool like that uh, if you like adverts then you can listen to it on Spotify I can't wait to see you mate I can't wait to see you and your running trainers straight off the track and straight into Tundi I'm going running 
Yeah, me and me and me and Miss Prosecco. I'll tell you what, I'll get a picture and that'll be up on the socials. Yes. Dan Lawrence says that uh, he's out. He wanted to come on and talk to us about shreds, um, but he wanted to do it before we got back. He's flying. He's already out in um, USA with with Ray there. So I said we'll get him on the Zoom chat and maybe he can give us a couple of tips for shreds and he can even great tell us idea. what uh, John Ray is doing this week. That's a great idea, George. Yeah. Right then. That, yeah. Let's let's definitely get that done. So we'll speak to Dan Lawrence and before then it's Lions in the camp on Wednesday. It's Lions in the studio with Tundi Ajayi. I'll see you there. Lion diet.